When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem. We got the full crew here tonight. We got Savannah Dean and Kevin Langley both joining me as well. Big show today. We had the NFL deadline that uh, did not happen. It was basically the most boring four hours of my life. Um, it was almost as disappointing as the last season of Game of Thrones or the most recent season of Letterkenny. Both sucked, but. Uh, hot take. No, no, not hot take. <laughs> Oh, Letter Kenny, this season was awful. Um, anyway, we're getting started. We got a big show. We got World Series. We're talking a little college ball today too. We're gonna pick our top six, our four in, our in our first two out, as well as we got. We're gonna talk a little something about the NCAA finally making a smart move. And I'm so ahead of this. And also my last call, I'm going to drop a nuclear bomb on the Lions, Jets, Cardinals, Broncos. Uh, who else were sellers of the deadline? Buccaneers, any other teams I'm missing? Bengals. Dolphins were. Yeah, but Dolphins already made their big moves. They made a couple moves. Yeah, oh, and the Browns. So there we go. So, yeah, I'm going to launch Holy War on all all those uh, teams because I have a bone to pick with them. Not even for personal reasons, just because they just made today lame as hell. But let's start off with the World Series. Game six is tonight. If you guys haven't if you guys missed it over the last couple days, the Houston Astros woke up and have been smacking the living daylights out of the Nationals in their ballpark. Um, my boy Correa and Bregman, my boys Correa and Bregman just taking the dangers out of the park every time. I'm loving this as a the Astros be my World Series pick and also those two be my two favorite players not on my Diamondbacks, but. I don't know what happened to the Nationals. Like, the second they got out of Houston, it was like their their bats fell asleep. So, game six is tonight. We got Washington with uh, Strasburg, and we got Verlander for Houston. Verlander, I think, is – Verlander, I don't think, has a win in the World Series yet, which is just yikes. And uh, cool stat, I brought this up before in the pre-production meeting. Um, if Strasburg wins tonight in this forces a game seven, which I'm actually hoping for, so I'm picking the – Picking the Nats here, because uh, Game 7 World Series, I will watch regardless of what I'm doing. But basically, Steven Strasburg will be the first pitcher in MLB history 
to start his career five and zero in the postseason. Like Koufax hasn't done it, Halliday hasn't done it, um, Randy Johnson. You you just keep going down the list of like legendary pitchers, and basically no Roger Clemens, nobody's done it before, and Strasburg, who honestly people have kind of just like lost in the fact that he's still been just a great pitcher his entire career, is going to do something, could be do something incredible. Uh, guys, I'm going to open up the floor right now. What do you guys think about game six tonight in, uh, I believe in Washington or in Houston? Sorry. I have the nationals. I still have the nationals. Like you said, Verlander doesn't have a win in the world series and it's not like he's losing. He's giving up a run or two and his bats aren't coming alive. He just gives up so many runs. He has a sick. He gave up six runs. Or he has an ERA of six this year. He had an ERA of like of three seven five when they won a couple years ago. Eleven two five in twenty twelve with Detroit. He's just not a good World Series pitcher, and I think that's going to hurt them a lot because pitching is the most important part of a game. I feel. Like, you can have as many power hitters as you want, but if your pitcher's giving up six runs, you're kind of screwed. So, I have Nationals. Force of Game 7. Or whatever the record is now. So, we got two for the Nationals. Savannah, what do you think? Uh, as much as I want to force um, a Game 7, especially since, like, every time you've been on the road, the road team has won. Um, I think Houston just came alive. They've won three in a row, so I think they're just going to make it four. So you're you're uh, you're you're uh, you're pulling for is this the first team that went four straight or no it's not it can't be it's been 120 years of baseball but like in recent memory this is probably the last time a team has started of 0 and 2 that I can remember and just sm- I think it was yeah it was the Yankees the Yankees against the Braves in 95 I believe did this or 97. 97, yeah, it was because 95 the Braves won. I, I have to get clarification, but I remember it was the 90 Yankees that did this. But I don't know. I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from Savannah because momentum. But baseball's weird because unlike the NFL where you just play like it's a game every week and it's just it's swinging and you know you go on these streaks or whatever. Baseball can get very like the downtime between games I've noticed can just kill a series. Um, I don't. Know. I got the Nats here. I still have the Astros in seven. I'm sticking to that pick, but uh, I think Strasburg's got it. He's going to break a record. He's going to set the record. So, yeah. All right, moving on. We got a big development today. So leave it to the NCAA to just totally royally screw the NFL ratings-wise today because the NCAA, in the middle of the trade deadline, I'm sitting at the gym. I'm checking Twitter. I'm checking Instagram. I'm checking Bleacher Report, checking the NFL app, whatever I can get a hold of. I have they have NFL Live, which God I freaking hate on on the TV. First of all, I'm gonna rip Ryan Clark later too. Uh, basically, I had it was, and then I got an update. The NCAA has now approved for the players to profit on their likeness. And what what does this mean, folks? And Kevin, our uh, department head for college football, tweeted this out perfectly. It means we might get NCAA football on on the Xbox or PS4 back again. And Kevin and me are going to be the first in line to pre-order that. I am so excited for this for multiple reasons. One, because as a fan, yes, you bring my NCAA football. It also means jerseys. Like if I want to go buy a Jaron Williams jersey now, I actually can. And you don't have to order it from China. 
Well, yeah, I know, but I, I want it to come in before the season ends. Basically, they don't have to order it from China. Exactly. I, if I want to go get an Ed Reed jersey, I can now. There's no restrictions on numbers or whatever. Cause right now, all I can get is 19, which ironically is Tate Martell, or number one, which I think is like their backup fourth string wide receiver. Basically, this is great for a bunch of reasons, but not for the athletes. This is the biggest reason. For a lot of guys, you know, they come from nothing. These guys, these guys are coming from low-income homes, projects, whatever, you know, poor housing, country where there's not much income coming in. But these guys have a lot of talent. Football is their ticket. And some of them aren't, what was it, 90%, 95% of them are not even going to get a sniff of the NFL. And you know what? Even if it's a small fee, small check for from EA Sports or Doug Flutie's, whatever the hell Doug Flutie's game is that Kevin bought, or just their jersey being sold at a bookstore, if they get like a small check every month and it just, you know, helps pay for book, helps pay for food, helps pay for gas, helps pay, you know, take their girl or boyfriend on a date, whatever, doesn't matter. And this is any sport, college basketball, college baseball, <laughs> college volleyball, golf, whatever. And I think this, yes, everyone's like, oh, the amateurism. But here's one thing. My buddy, John, Johnny Maserati, my buddy, John, brought this up to the gym. And I'll give him a shout out right now. He's an annoying little Giants fan. And I can't stand his opinion sometimes. But he even brought up an interesting point. This also, actually, no, I think my boy, Ben, brother. I can't remember one of the two of them. But basically, he said that now that these guys are getting paid, the rush to rush, the rush to the league I'm not saying it's going to slow it down, but a couple guys now will be like, okay, if I had a bad year, I can still stay another year in college basketball or if, like, my game's not ready or in college football, if, like, you know, I need another year. Like, let's say I, had, I threw too many picks or this guy, you know, had too many too many turnovers and just it just in basketball or didn't score enough, having a high enough points per game, rebounds per game, whatever. If – that if that can help make the difference, one, it's going to improve the college game. You're going to see a lot more guys staying to their senior, junior, sophomore year, whatever, and it's going to really improve the quality of of play. I think so. I'm all for this. I have a big proponent of this for a while now because universities can't pay athletes, but the organizations that make money with the universities, like the the you know the games and you know the book and like the jer- the companies that make the jerseys or whatever. Now this really doesn't help like the golf teams that much or you know the you know like volleyball whatever. But the sports that actually make the university money, the guys who are actually you know getting used the most, even women's basketball too to a certain extent, they get their piece of the pie now. It may not be a big piece, but it's a fair piece, and I'm all for it. I think the NCAA is going to find a way to screw this up royally. Oh, yeah. No, that's because exact too. the exact quote was that they voted unanimous, unanimously to allow players to profit off of their likeness, image, and something else in the manner that kind of goes along with college sports. The thing that the manner that goes along with college sports is not paying your athletes. This organization has literally said that they made up the term student athletes to get away with not paying them. So I think the NCAA is going to, yeah, we can, they can profit off it, but a cap of $50 a year or something ridiculous like that. It's enough just to make people happy. 
and get people to shut up about it, it'll shut up a lot of football fans and a lot of video game fans because NCAA football might come back. But it's it's a step in the right direction, but we're still a long way from seeing the NCAA actually do something good for their student athletes. We're going to see, because here's the problem. And this is what I thought about what you said, Kevin. I still think you, you have something there. But here's one thing I didn't think about until about like a couple minutes ago. You have all these these governments from Florida. California has already approved it. You have a couple others. that I think it was all. Did I hear Ohio was in this too? Because I heard Florida was already trying to run this up. Florida's already approved it. Yeah. Uh, 2023. Um, South Carolina is looking into getting it into effect by 2020. Yeah. So here's the problem. If the NCAA didn't approve this, they're getting ahead of the curve because they realized, oh crap, if we try to be like, if we try to stop this and all these states with their all their, like, first of all, Florida and California, let's just go ahead and list her USC, UCLA, Cal, um, uh, uh, fuck, I can't think of any more things. From, oh, Fresno State, whatever. Uh, Florida, Florida State, Florida. Um, University of Miami, UCF, U- USF. Uh, I can keep going. All these schools. I just think it's probably about three, four, or five like big name D1 schools, like big well known programs in various sports, basketball, or football. Um, yeah, those athletes, and then you're gonna have like an. Unf- they were trying to like balance it. Because if they didn't in states like, you know, Georgia and approve it, who's to say that like a guy for a guy who's just in between Miami and Georgia or Florida and Georgia is like, wait, if I go to Miami or Florida, I can get paid for what I want. But if I go to Georgia, I can't. So I understand when the NCAA did this. Basically, it's going to equalize the whole thing because more and more states are going to approve it, but not fast enough where they could keep it fair for recruiting and for, you know, bringing players in. So I get why they did it, and I mean they kind of got their hand forced is the way I look at it. Like all these states starting to prove it, they're like, oh crap, people are actually buying this. We got to get in front of this before it gets gets like you know bad and it gets unfair and states are calling for this is like unconstitutional, whatever, and just opening a whole box of worms. The NCAA doing this is probably the smartest thing because now you're like, okay, now everybody, every college has to do it, every player is eligible, yada 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 yada. It, it makes sense. And the smartest thing the NCAA could have done is doing this six months ago when these states were talking about it and it looked like it was going to pass. Well, this is this is completely retroactive. They should have been ahead of it even more. They're behind it now by about 20 years. But I think – and also, like like you said, they want to kind of even the playing field so one state's not paying their players and the other one is and blah, blah, blah. But it still comes down to them. They want to put a cap on this. I would not be surprised if they come out in a couple weeks and say, hey, we've nailed out the paperwork. These kids are can only get make X amount a year. Yeah, like I say, like, oh, you, they can only make about somewhere between, you know, like a thousand to like 20, like to like 15 grand a year. Something like they that. They're like, not going to make that much. They're going to say like 500 max. I don't know. I, I feel like if they did something that small, it would get some serious outrage. It, no, but they could easily argue against it. Like, we want to make it 500 max so it's fair to everyone because. Tua Tungavailoa is going to be making $1,500. Because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He earned it. Yes. I'm it's not basic capitalism. It. Yeah, but the problem is the NCAA doesn't want that. They don't want certain players making 1500 because they're going to argue that that's unfair to the players who have worked just as hard. And if you're saying Tua's earned it, he's earned it by working hard. Guess what? 
everyone else on every other roster works hard except for maybe one or two guys at some bad programs. I don't know. I just I don't see them like really like because they're not going to be able to what they're not going to be able to pay like you know the the junior the women's curling team from University of Minnesota as much as like they're going to get or men's curling team from Minnesota as much as they're going to pay like women's basketball at UConn or men's uh or men's uh football at Alabama or LSU. It's just not going to work the same That's way. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you look at the top tier programs, the individual players are going to be treated much differently. Matt yes, Jones, but they can't avoid worked. that. They're yes. already getting treated differently when they go to deal, you know, when they're getting paid, you know, behind the scenes. NCAA and the programs aren't paying them. It's outside people like EA I, will be paying them. Nike will be paying them. It's not the programs. The programs in the NCAA aren't losing money. True. What I'm trying to say, what I was just trying to say is, is that if it's outside people, they can really, they shouldn't be able to regulate, especially when it's, um, I don't know. It almost feels like the one thing I'm worried about though is like, what if, um, I still think like, let's say there's NCAA football. I still think they should use a player who's graduated. So, um, let's say NCAA 21 is, um, either Jonathan Taylor, I think, or is he graduating this year or no? I'm not sure. Are you like, let's say like it's like two or Justin Fields or uh, the kid, the, the defensive end from Ohio state or something like that. Or Tra- Travis Intian from uh, Clemson, somebody like that. She's like so a big name guy who's like, you know, going or Jalen hurts. Somebody who's going to like really, you know, is showing off the NCAA. It's getting the cover of the game. So this way they can't get like a bonus for their like this be on the cover of the game. But I do see what you're saying. I, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on this. Savannah, what do you think about all of this? <laughs> I think it's funny to listen to you guys go back and forth. That's what I think. Um, I mean, I think – I don't know. I've never been really for – I mean, I'm not a college athlete, so I've, I've never really been for, like, paying college athletes. So I think that they're doing this, yeah, to keep people from going just to college, just to Florida – but um, I also think – I think it's good for them, but I don't think – if you think that there's going to be a cap, like, I think that they should do that because I think it's going to be – I think that would be unfair to have one person making, like, thousands and thousands of dollars and not, and someone else, like, not. Um, but like I said, I've never really been for paying college athlete no matter what it's for. So, um, I mean, I think this, this is going to get a lot of people – I think this is going to get, like, a lot of people to, like, shut up about it, but – I don't really agree with them, like, paying them no matter what they're doing, if it's just for their likeness or not. I, I think they should get paid. Yeah, I think they should get paid, too, only because, like, you know, Kevin and me both knew college athletes. I mean, I knew guys who were, like, you know, standing out of a D2 program, but because, you know, they were from the – they, you know, they were from a lower-income neighborhood, and they their parents had to take out 15 student loans, and now they're completely hosed. Uh, this might be able to help the family out a little bit. I'm not sure. It's, it's, it's that perspective – and it's these stories I hear about these guys. Like, like I always come back to the Darren McFadden story. Like, basically, he was, like, one of four brothers and sisters, and his parents were, like, not around or something. I, I, I'm only fuzzy on the story because it's been, like, ten years since I heard it. But his stories like that, it's guys like I hear about who are from, like, these small, like, these, you know, these from these, like, neighborhoods. And, like, there's no money, and, like, they're tr- struggling, and football's a ticket out. And the NCAA really isn't, like, in the past hasn't really been there once you're out. They don't really – there's no, like – help for these guys if they go to the league and fail so I, it's it's a nice kind of it is it won't solve everything but i think it's a good step in the right direction so pay the athletes these guys 
get, get like Al, Kevin Alabama once they won their first national title and I I, I heard the stat I think their enrollment went up what like uh x it was like at least over fifty percent like people like applying for the uh, colleges and shit. So I'm not sure, but also another thing about paying these student athletes, it's good for the towns. Oh yes, good it feels- these programs are phenomenal for the towns. Like ninety five percent of the industry, or the businesses in Tuscaloosa, I worked for a small locally owned, like just a family mom pop shop sold sold Alabama gear. They wouldn't be able to stay in business without the team, obviously. Same in go to Sydney and Norman or yeah. in Coral Gables, like places or even you know Eugene. Who's heard of Eugene, Oregon? Besides the fact that the Ducks play there, like seriously, it's 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 stuff like that. Like um, it's it it's that kind of concept. So that's another reason why I like this is because every like, year now, these every year these guys are pumping in millions of dollars into the city revenue for tailgating people buying gear and all this other stuff it's only fair that they get a piece of the pie because they've worked their whole lives to get there and they are the product it's only fair they get a little piece even if it's a small piece they get a piece uh, yeah my thing though is the ncaa like a small piece to them is not is too small i, feel, I wouldn't be surprised if they go yeah it's a cap of 100 200 small piece to us not a small piece to them. that's what i'm hoping i'm hoping for once the ncaa is f this up I mean, I guess I can see that. I just, I guess I never really thought of it that way because when I think of it that way and I think of my school, like no one had ever really heard of Florida Gulf Coast. Their enrollment was like literally like 7,000 students. And then when they, once they made the uh, basketball tournament in like 2012 or something like that, made the Sweet 16, I mean, the enrollment like doubled. So I guess I can understand like that point of it. I guess I never thought of it like that. It's only, be- yeah, it's, it is unfortunate. Like, these guys, like college football, like my favorite, my I, I've you guys heard me say this a thousand times. My dream school in high school was LSU. Why? They had an amazing football program. I wanted to go there. Their journalism department was great, but like at the end of the day, their football and basketball programs were both good enough where like I'd have a blast going there every, going to games every year. So that's why I, that was my favorite school. Also, because I could get in their SAT acceptance rate was very low, but. It's changed since then, but uh, yeah, basically that's why I was one of those type of people, so I wanted to go. So I, I that's another reason I get this. It, it helps the school so much when these teams win. It only is fair if the guys who are actually producing the guys to win get a get their cut. And also, I think it'll improve the college game much in all sports. Also, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Also, the coaches are making an obscene amount of money. Isn't Nick Saban the highest paid state employee? Possibly. Those numbers are misleading because only a certain amount of that is paid by the actual school. And then, at least from what I've read, the bigger chunk of it is paid by boosters and private, like private citizens. But even endorsement deals, Nick Saban is profiting off of his likeness. He's done college game day commercials, ESPN commercials. He's doing those Aflac commercials now, which I love. Yeah, and. He's making so much money off this, and I don't have an issue with that. I think, you know, he's worked hard. He's a great coach. He should make money off it. But also, these players have worked hard to get where they're at. They should also make money off of that. Oh, totally. Whew, that one, that ate up 10 minutes. That's what I hope it would do. I was so excited. I saw this, I'm like, yo, this is going to make this a great show tonight. But now we get to something that's disappointing. The Eagles season. Today, ladies and gentlemen, is one of those days that I consider a holiday. 
I love the NFL trade deadline because, well, one, Howie Roseman is notorious for making big deals. J.H.I.E., Golden Tate. Uh, I'd have to go back and back to my childhood at this point, or at least when he got hired as the GM. But anyway, today was so disappointing. The biggest trade was a keep. I think it was the only trade. Am I right? The only trade was a keep to leave to the Dolphins? Unless some, like, fourth string D tackle got traded. The only trade today was a keep to leave to the Dolphins for a fifth-round pick. Uh, they're counting Kenyon Drake as a trade deadline trade because it happened yesterday. Oh, and oh, that means they count Avery too. The 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 and the Eagles got from the Browns. Yeah, I don't know. They like say, oh, it was a deadline deal. It was three days ago. Yeah, I I guess so. Okay, so fine. You got a a backup defensive end who basically didn't play at all because he sat by Miles Garrett, and then you have a aging tight end and a running back who's going to sit behind David Johnson. So great, great deadline NFL. And I'm going to go into a lot more detail later because I, I read a lot and I was doing a lot of research on this because I was trying to figure out what the hell nothing happened. And, you know, I mean, I'm, uh, when I actually start doing research via Twitter, Instagram, I, I follow writers online. I'm, I'm doing all these searching. So I actually found some stuff that was interesting. But so there are a couple of names from out there today. I heard. So as an Eagles fan, I heard the names Mike Evans. I heard Robbie Anderson. I heard uh, Geno Atkins and. I was like, this is great. The one thing that scared the daylight time was I heard Jamal Adams to the Cowboys, and Kevin knows how much I love Jamal Adams, and I almost cried a little bit. Yeah, the Le'Veon Bell is also thrown around a bit. Yeah, uh, to the Texans, to the Chiefs, the Eagles. I'm like, well, one, I didn't want Le'Veon Bell. But anyway, yeah, there was all these names thrown out today. And I, I guess I, I'm trying to save why I'm so pissed off because I know who to blame for this, and – one thing I want to say, ladies and gentlemen, is why I love that – why I'm not as upset about this as everyone everyone else is because I look at the NFL as a fan or as a writer, commentator, whatever, week to week. So I look at my Eagles, of course, or Savannah's Packers or Kevin's Patriots. All of them are getting healthier except the Patriots at the kicker. Sorry, buddy. Um, yeah, he's on the IR. He wasn't yeah, that good. Mike either. Nugent just got cut too. Um, yeah, they're signing Nick Folk. Oh, sweet, my favorites. Basically, I look at how everything is set up with these teams. Like, so Philadelphia got both their starting corners back for the first time since last October when they were in London playing the Jaguars. They have both Mills and Darby back out there. They get Craven on the block, their nickel corner, and Maddox, other nickel corner. Back within the next two weeks. Get Sean Jackson back. And Nigel Bradham, Jurgen, whatever. So their team's getting healthier. Uh, the Packers, Savannah, you said uh, Devontae Adams coming back after their bye week, right? Um, well, they actually think that he might come back against the Chargers now. Ooh, okay. Because good. He's on two of my fantasy teams. I need him yeah, to play. They need that. Yeah, they okay. beat the Chargers. Oh. <laughs> Savannah, you mean Kevin could all line up as wide receiver. We'd still probably beat the Chargers. Oh. I'd get a concussion three plays in. Yeah, I, I would, I would like, I would try to start a fight with Desmond King because he's about Kevin's height, so he he'd be the only cornerback who wasn't taller than me. No, start a fight with Joey Bosa. I want to see oh, that. I love Joey Bosa. Why would I start a fight with him? Because um, uh, anyway, it'd be funny. I love the Bosa brothers. They're awesome. But anyway, so yeah, and then Kevin, of course, your offensive line is getting slightly healthier, and yeah, and you get Nikhil Harry back this week. 
or yep, Nikhil Harry this week. The offensive line, like, I wanted them to trade for an offensive lineman, like a center, because they need a center. Their centers have been garbage. Isaiah Wynn at left tackles, a mystery if he can stay healthy or not. It's two well, years. That I, was, I would have happily given you guys Vitae for, like, I don't know, Dorsett. I, I, I don't know, like, that seems like a Patriots move to make. I, I, it's just, it's, I don't know, it, it just, it, it was weird. Like, everyone was, like, sound, every, the, every team felt, like, way too scared to pull the trigger. Nobody wanted to mess up on a trade. But, I don't know, that's why I'm not as upset as everyone is. Like, I'm, like, my team's getting healthier. Your guys' teams are both getting healthier. It's all those early season injuries. And a lot of the teams that are in contention, yeah, like the Patriots needed another receiver because Josh Gordon's down. And you know what the craziest part Josh is? Josh Gordon's gone. Yeah, Josh Gordon's gone. Um, By the way, don't be surprised if a Philadelphia or Green Bay reaches out to Josh when he's all they healed. Can't. Yeah, they can. He's restrict. He's he's released. No, he's a free agent. He's healthy. Nope. Well, yes, but once you're on IR, if you are released from IR, you go to waivers. Yeah. So we whichever based on record. Well, whichever team scoops him. So I don't know. It won't be Green Bay. It might be the Eagles, but Green Bay is too good. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, what team? Also, you got to think about teams with Josh Gordon would be weird because it would be a team either that's so stupid they'd be like, oh yeah, we can take him. Or be like a team like Philadelphia is like, yeah, we have the st- stability of an organization to handle a guy who's had issues in the past. So are the Patriots, and he starts skipping meetings. That's why they put him on IR. Really? That's what's being report. That's what's being rumored. Well, also, I, 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 you know, I love the smoke and fire flame kind of uh, analogy, but I also want to see proof before I, I say that, especially about a guy like that, because right now the Packers, I mean not the Packers, the uh, Broncos have announced Joe Flacco is out for two weeks at least with a neck injury, but that miraculously came out of nowhere, or it was originally a slip disc, now it's a neck injury, and he was probably is hurt a little bit, but I also think it does kind of, you know, it's it's funny how it comes right after he just basically ripped Vic Vangio apart in a press conference. But, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. There's it, it, totally some connection there. I really hope Drew Locke starts because he was like one of my sleeper picks to actually have a decent season at quarterback for the rookie class. So I want to see him play because the dude's got a bazooka on his arm. Uh, all right, it, I just, it's this deadline was just so disappointing. What did you guys think about the deadline? I thought it was boring. I mean, that was good for me because I didn't have to keep up with anything while trying to do prepaid schedules at work. But I feel it, like there's so much hype around this. Like, just for every team, like, just for my team, we're talking about, like, getting a wide receiver. Like, there's, you know, there's Josh Gordon, there's A.J. Green, there's Mike Evans. Like, I know we would never get DeAndre Hopkins, but, like, there was even stuff about that. And it's just, like, there's so much hype, and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting, and then nothing happens. And, like, at some point, you just get, like, pissed. Like, what the what the hell? Why didn't we do anything? Yeah. And that's how it was with, like, a lot of different – a lot of teams, too, because hardly any teams did any trades. And I, I know the reason why, because I actually did some digging on this, and it's not – it's 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 a really annoying reason. But one person I want to rip on before we move on is Ryan Clark. Now, I was I loved Ryan Clark when he played for the Steelers. He was kind of the good kind of counter player to Troy Polamalu. He was aggressive. He was a good free safety. Um, he wasn't terrible as a commentator, but what he said today made me so aggravated – so Ryan Clark basically said, Adam Schefter tweeted out, 
that Jamal Adams would love to go to Dallas, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, there all these rumors were coming out about how, you know, Adams was on the block. And and this, this is what really this what really bugged me because I don't know if you guys follow Jamal Adams on any social media or whatever. He's a, he, I do follow him because, you know, he's one of my favorite players. That's not part of my favorite team. He basically came out and just dropped a rip session on anybody who said, like, the Jets sat him down. He talked to Gase and he talked to uh, Joe Douglas. Did not want to be traded. He wanted to stay in New York, and he hoped they respected that. Now, in my what I read off that is basically like there was no reason to trade him at all. I feel like half the time, and I it was somebody who tweeted out, Matt Miller, Bleacher Report said half the time I think these pro these these outlets create these headlines just to keep people on and watching the game. They did. They kept me watching NFL Network for the past three for the past like three hours. Well, like I got home at like two, at like two forty five, three o'clock, and sat there watching it until almost four, until like four o five, four fifteen, making sure none last minute trades had gone through. And basically, I'm sitting there so disappointed. I'm like, really, Akeem Talib? That's the best you could do today. Like I didn't even care if like you know, uh, what's his face? Like you know, Geno Atkins got traded to the 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 freaking Niners or something like that. At least have something entertaining. Like. It was nothing. It was so boring. So this kind of – that's why I just think this – this like Savannah, you said it before. These networks overhyped the hell out of this, and it was the most disappointing trade deadline ever. You guys ready to move on? Yeah. All righty. So now we get – this is where we're getting the good stuff. So – we are talking the college football playoff. Now, Kevin is, Kevin is, of course, our department head for college football. I am, of course, a, a fan of the sport. I try to watch as much as I can. Miami, Florida, uh, Miami, Florida State this week. So if you guys ever want to know how I'm feeling, just assume that I'm screaming something horrible about Florida State and, you know, like burning Tallahassee to the ground, kind of just assume something like that's coming out of my mouth. I get crazy when that game goes on because I, I really didn't have a team when I first started watching college football. And then I was exposed to Miami, Florida state around like my freshman year of college. And every year I was rooting for Miami, even though I really didn't have a team in the fight. And then I actually became a Miami fan when they were at their worst, when they had Al Golden. And then my first year out of college, they had the miracle comeback with, uh, Daryl Langham and Malik Rozier, and then last year they came back for like four touchdowns down. So, you know, college football rivalry is great to me. But now it's actually talking about teams that actually are going to win. So I actually have my top five, my top five, and it's really interesting, my top six. It was actually really interesting to me because I heard Joe Klatz today. I heard um, Clay Travis, and I, I hated both their ones. I was just like not disgusted, but I was not happy about it. And we're going to make Kevin go last, Savannah, because he's probably chomping at the bit for this. <laughs> okay. So my top six. At number six, I have Oklahoma. I am not – you know what? Yeah, they lost to Kansas State. All right? You know, every year, every – like 90% of the top five, top ten teams go down to some BS loss. I'm not buying in too much to this. They had a bad game. Every team comes out and plays like crap once in a while. They're not going to win the national title by any stretch, but they're my sixth team. Number five is Penn State. 
I think they are a very good team. I think they are going to be just hanging around that top. They're they're going to be that la- that first team out, and it's going to piss a lot of people off, especially in Happy Valley. But I do not think they have a shot in hell against o- OSU. Number four, it's Clemson, defending champs. As much as Trevor Lawrence with the ridiculous amount of interceptions he's thrown this year and the fact that defense does not scare anybody anymore – they are still 8-0, and they are still the best team by a mile in the ACC. Um, number three is Alabama. Kev, I love you, buddy. I really do, but they don't scare me anymore. They, I respect the hell out of them. I still think they're going to be in the playoff because there's only about two teams in this country that could even put up a fight against them. That's two teams that have ranked ahead of them. Um, basically, two or not, they still were able to win the game. Now, they play LSU in two weeks, if I'm correct. Yeah, both teams got to buy this weekend. Okay, it isn't it isn't Tuscaloosa, but this LSU defense is getting better and better each week. That's why I have them ranked higher than Alabama. But I, I still think I, I also I have questions about Tua now. I think we bit the hype too early. I think he's still a great quarterback. I just don't know if he's as great as we like you know hyped him up to be. Number two is Ohio State. They have the best defense in football. Looks wise, maybe not stats wise, but they just stomped the living daylights out of Jonathan Taylor in Wisconsin. I said that game was going to be close. I will fully eat it because basically I was so wrong. And number one is the best team in the country. And my prediction to win the national title is Louisiana State. Uh, Joe Burrows and the fact that they actually have an offense now. Ed Orgeron took his hands off the offense. They can throw the ball. They move the ball well on the, on the ground game as well. Oh, and yeah, their defense is starting to pick it up. It's and of course Death Valley is a hard place to play. I everyone's going crazy about how you know Auburn hung in. Auburn is still a top 15 team. Yes, they lost to Florida, but LSU also beat Florida. I you know Auburn also is going to give Alabama a fight as they always do. Well, they do some most a lot a lot of the time, not all the time, but. I'm not buying into this whole LSU play like crap, and that's why we shouldn't have them in. I think that's too like. Revisionist history. I still think LSU is the best team in the country right now. So that's my top six. Savannah, you want to take a crack at this? Um, yeah, so at number six, I have Florida. Um, they only played one ranked team, which is LSU, but I still think, I mean, I know the game was LSU won, but I still think it was a pretty good game. I think they're going to come out and look really good against Georgia. Um, so I think that they're going to be deserving of that number six spot. Um, I have Penn State at number five, uh, Alabama at number four, because I don't think that – I think when they, they're going to get destroyed by LSU, not like blowout, but I don't think they're going to look that good. Um, they haven't played any ranked teams for me to like be confident in them. And same with uh, Clemson, since I have them as number three. Um, and then OSU at number two, their defense is phenomenal. They – Blew Wisconsin out of the water. Um, they played two ranked teams, and then LSU at number one. All right, fair enough. Kevin, uh, how much do you want to throw a brick at me right now? <laughs> I mean, I just think you're an idiot, but that's nothing new. <laughs> Same here, buddy. Feeling visual. So uh, I agree with you on number six. I think Oklahoma, like that was a bad loss. Jalen's first loss to an unranked team, but. They show they started coming back. They were down by a bunch. I can't remember the exact score, but they made it a game towards the end. It looked like it could have been a blowout. 
And I think that kind of shows the perseverance of the team. And I think they're just going to go on a run here. But I th- I think that loss is just, in the committee's mind, it's just going to be too glaring. Kind of like, um, not as bad, but kind of like Ohio State's a couple years ago when they got blown out by Iowa, I think it was. Unranked. Yeah, it was Iowa. Um, number five, I have Clemson. Okay. I know they're undefeated, but they haven't looked good. And to channel my inner team, Tebow, it's not about most deserving. It's about the best teams. And Clemson is not one of the best teams. True. They've looked bad. They beat UNC by one. And I know it was on the road, but it's UNC. It's a basketball. UNC beat my Hurricanes, who are crap this year. Okay, they're not crap. They're a little better than crap. They beat UNC because beat Miami because of two whole like two penalties in their final drive that could have gone either way. Let's remember that like Miami basically had that game won and the defense slipped on a route. So UNC that UNC game showed me so much about Clemson. So I agree with you there. Number four, I have Penn State. I think even if they lose to Ohio State, I can still see them making it if they then make it to the Big Ten championship. And if they have those, I assume I. Ohio State's going to be in it. But if they have a game against Ohio State and make it competitive, I can still see them getting in. All right. Number three, I have LSU. Because I think LSU is going to lose in two weeks. Joe Burrow is a Heisman candidate. He's tearing up the country. You know the last time that there was a player tearing up the country who was a Heisman contender for LSU was Leonard Fournette. Alabama held him to like 30 rushing yards and 19 carries. I think yeah, I think, think we're placing good. a bet on this game. I think LSU is still going to make it, and I think they're going to. I wouldn't be surprised if they make it to the national championship, but I think that they slipped down to three in mine. Number two, Alabama, and I know that you y'all are going to say like, "Oh, you're a homer. You went there. Of course you're going to say it." But Alabama really, and I know it was Arkansas, but Arkansas is still an SEC school. The SEC. The SEC is probably the second best conference in the country right now, just because. But after Wisconsin struggled, Michigan struggled, I wouldn't be surprised if, or in my mind, there might be the best over the Big Ten. And with their backup quarterback throwing three touchdowns, Alabama dismantled Arkansas. I was concerned that it was Mac Jones starting, and I expected them to run the ball a lot. They still passed it and gave Mac three touchdowns. So I think Alabama should be two. And then Ohio State won. That offense is so good. That defense is so good. Ryan Day has proven me wrong. I thought he this was going to be a bad year for Ohio State, but they're the best team in the country in my mind, and I think they will be going forward. All righty. I mean, I kind of like it, but like at the same time, I don't think that Alabama is going to be ranked that high. But other than that, I I think it's good. I like if all- you. Don't think Al- – and this isn't even like me saying I'm right about my prediction. If you don't think Alabama's going to be ranked that high, then uh, you have not been paying attention to the college football committee. Because they, they, they fear Saban <laughs> like he's got their favorite Alabama could have a two-loss season and not even play for the SEC championship, and Alabama would still might be ranked like five, if not four, at the end of the that's season. Right? Loss, but, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, even if they had a loss, like, I know that they would still make it in, but, like, they just – they just haven't played any ranked teams. I just don't think that they have been. That's just saving being smart about his scheduling. <laughs> yeah, it, the college football commi- playoff committee has shown that you don't need to have a good schedule. If you win out, and even if you don't play good teams, don't win out and lose to a ranked team in a close game, they will put you in or they'll consider you 
especially if you're Alabama. It's a little unfair because they're more so going off of – put what Notre you, Dame in a few years ago. Let's really remember that for a second. They put Notre Dame in last year. Exactly. That schedule was also, That Notre Dame team looked really good. They were undefeated. And I, But I still – I get your point. I agree with you a bit. But it that was the year to put them in. But also, I mean, a one-loss Alabama team got in, didn't play for the SEC championship, was the fourth seed. You they know won. what happened? They won. Second and 26, Tua Tungavaloa hits a bomb to Devontae Smith. Game. We get it, all right? We get it. Georgia choked. It seems like a Georgia thing to do at this point. Yeah, but as I said before, it's not about most deserving. It's about the best. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I kind of understand that, but at the same time, the way that they do this is just weird because when Ohio State literally got in and won, they didn't even win the Big Ten. And then, like, the year after that, or the maybe two years after that, when Wisconsin, when Ohio State beat Wisconsin for the Big Ten, and then Wisconsin ended up getting in, like. Wisconsin got in? A couple of years ago. No. Yeah, when they won the Big Ten. No, uh, uh, Wisconsin hasn't been in. No. Hmm. Could have sworn. I'm 99% sure they haven't. Ohio State's yeah. been in from the Big Ten. Michigan State's been in from the Big Ten. But for the Big Ten, that's it. Yeah, it's been Oklahoma. It's basically been a some kind of hybrid of Florida State, Oregon, Ohio State, Oklahoma, LSU. Nope, LSU's never been well, in. LSU, yeah, LSU's never been in. Um, Alabama a thousand times, Clemson a thousand times. That's it, really. The last like couple years, it's just been Alabama, Clemson. Oklahoma, like at least last, and then insert random team that doesn't deserve it here. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with this. All right. All right, guys. You know we gotta go back to pro football a little bit. Except for everyone's favorite game, the one sentence game. All right. So Savannah last week brought her a game, and Kevin, because he had to miss, has to clean up. We had a great one sentence game last week. And now she finally didn't say for the first time ever the page. I hate the Patriots. I was so proud of her. So I'm a little disappointed. I know. I, I was. I was for a second. That I'm like, oh my god. She, she put some. She put some thought into this one. I love it. All right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Eagles Bills. Um. So this is what it's like when the Eagles play defense. Hmm. Mills and Darby together. They're they're now 14 and three. I'm not as worried as I was about two weeks ago. Kevin. Um, Bills are overrated. I've been saying that all year. True. Not a big win. It is a big win for them, so shut up. Savannah? Uh, the Bills did not look like the team that I thought they were in the first few weeks. And Denny Green reference number one. <laughs> I'm, uh, so my over-under for this week was that you would make that reference at least twice. So, All right, so Savannah, we can't make another one. Okay. All righty. Next game, Red, we're going we're gonna to go all the way back to Thursday night. I'm just going in order of my NFL app right now. Redskins at Vikings. I forgot there was a game on. I guess the Vikings beat a, a JV team. Kirk Cousins is good <laughs> against bad teams? I'm going to ignore that. All right. Savannah? The Vikings aren't that good. Like, they 
They only won by 10 against the Redskins. And they beat a JV secondary in Philly. Correct. Yeah, Philly plays them again under the lights. Kirk Cousins throws four picks. I would bet my house on it. Um, Broncos at Colts. Jacoby Brissett. All right. Okay, maybe this Andrew Luck smoke is clearing a little bit. Shout out to Mark Riley. But dude looked – I mean, yeah, he, put up, he only put up 15 points, but the dude made plays, and Frank Reich's a genius. Jacoby Brissett is a good starting quarterback? I don't know why I'm questioning that. I saw him play at the Patriots, and he's a baller. I saw him play at North Carolina State. Same. Savannah? Um, I can't believe – not that they did, not that they played bad, but I just can't believe they won because Adam Benatari missed two before that. Before the, the golden Patriots. pony coming through. Oh, my God. The fact that he is so old that Malik Hooker was born after his first NFL game is hilarious. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I saw that stat, and I was laughing hysterically. All Dude. right. Damn. He's, he's old as hell. He was the kicker when the Eagles beat the Patriots back when David Akers was our kicker. I remember that skills challenge between the two of them was hilarious. Um, Bucks at Titans. Bucks got hosed on a bad call, but who cares? It's the Bucks. Jameis Winston is horrible. I think who cares? It's the Bucks and the Titans. Well, also, by the way, Ryan Tannehill actually is not terrible as the Titans starting quarterback. Right. Savannah, what do you got? Uh, the Bucks might have lost, but Mike Evans finally looks like he's getting back on track. Fantasy-wise, at least. I mean, it would have been great if he was wearing midnight green at the end of today, but the Buccaneers were asking for too much. All right. Saints and Cards. If anybody actually picked the Cards this game, they really needed to get their head checked. Also, Breeze looked really good. Drew Brees is back. Saints going to the Super Bowl. No. They're going to choke. <laughs> They're going to choke. Really? I think the Saints are going to choke. Just because you're wrong about your Saints are this is their bad season doesn't mean you need to say they're going to choke now. No, I just have this weird feeling they're going to choke because <laughs> there's so much. Everyone's gassing them up right now. I don't even think the Niners are going to make it out of the division rounds. The NFC is so unforgiving in the playoffs. We've seen it every year. All right, well, Savannah, what's your sentence about the Saints Cardinals? Um. Cardinals suck. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? Like, Kyler Murray's going to have a decent career, like, going to be doing okay, but, like, that team yeah, is just mediocre. Uh, you know what? Enough with your Kyler Murray hate. We're going to have this guy call into the show one day because one of his boys is going to see this tweet randomly. And he's going to be, like, calling you out or some bull. That'd be actually a great interview. I want to hear that. <laughs> what do you have against short guys, Savannah? I, I know. Kevin's taking offense to this right now. I'm hurt. what? <laughs> <laughs> What did you say? He asked, what do you have against short guys? I'm hurt. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that has anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's prejudice. Yeah, Savannah has has a prejudice against guys her height or shorter. Listen, not, um, my running back is very short. So I don't have any prejudice against short guys. 
Fair enough. All right. Bengals at Rams. I didn't even know this game was on. <laughs> but the Rams look pretty good. But then again, anybody really can against the Bengals. Rams struggled early. Very true. I said at the beginning of the season, I'll say it now, Cooper Cup for a comeback player of the year. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the Rams still aren't making the playoffs. Jets and Jags. Minshew Mania is back, baby. Fear the stash and the headband. Oh, my God. The Jets are bad. They're so bad. I can't believe the Jets, like, beat the Cowboys because they look so bad now. But I'm really not sad about that loss. (laughs) I love it so much. Uh, all right, everyone got their sentence in? Yeah. All righty. Lions, Lions and Giants. Jesus, I thought Stafford was going to blow this. Matt, Matthew Stafford is a god, and they're going to the playoffs. <laughs> well, hey, listen, they still are my last wild card pick or division winner. I don't know. I mean, even the Chargers are the team of De- – no, the uh, Packers are the team of destiny this year, apparently. Uh, no, I don't think the Lions are going to go to the playoffs. They're only 500 right now. So are my Philadelphia Eagles. What are you saying, Savannah? Um, that the NFC North is a better division than the NFC East. True. You also have Mr. Trubisky in that division. And perfect segue! <laughs> Chargers and Bears. Oh, my. Um, Wizenhunt got fired after he beat the Bears. But then again, 17 points is kind of embarrassing. Uh, Savannah, what do you think? Definitely was not – I mean, it wasn't the Chargers. Like, the Chargers did not win that game. The Bears' kicker lost them that game. Can we just talk about how Eddie Money basically airmailed that kick and now Matt Nagy was – Matt Nagy's press conference told me everything I needed to know about how they feel about Trubisky. Basically, he was like, yeah, no – what if he fumbled, we fumbled or it got intercepted? Well, you missed the field goal. You still lose there, Chief. Right. Don't you want to make it easier? Right. I, I just the harm of trying to get a few more yards. Like, serious, like, seriously. Okay, so the Bears didn't make a single move at the deadline today. They play Philly next week. Now, it's in Philadelphia. One, advantage Philly. Two, um, the last time the Bears were in Philadelphia, Mitch got the living daylight smacked out of him. So again, do do it again. Oh uh, yeah, I would love to. I, I know everyone's pulling for my Eagles this week against the Bears, just so the Bears fans shut up. Kevin, what do you think about this game? Mitch, go bye bye. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, Derek Barnett breaks his spine. No, I think they just should just outright cut him. Oh my right God, now. that's great. Okay, by the way, by the way, we here at the corner with don't condemn players breaking players' spines. I just said it as a joke. It is a reference back to our me and Kevin's Madden League. Anyway, I really hope Mr. Trubisky does not get hurt. He just sucks as a quarterback. When are they going to put in Chase Daniels? Like, seriously. They did it, right? I, I feel like they – you know what? They should just go out and sign Uncle – no, they should just go out and sign like Kyle Orton. Out of, out of retirement, like a Rex Grossman. Just go pull somebody out of their hat. No. Colin Kaepernick. Go get Tebow. 
Oh no, never mind. I'm out. off Kaepernick for the Bears. I want Tebow on the Bears. <laughs> yes, I want, I want them. On I the want Bears. him on the Bears yesterday. Can we? Okay, so Savannah, I know you'll sign this too. Can we put a, a petition for Tebow to the Bears? Sure, I'm ready. That's our <laughs> new hashtag for the show, by the way, for the rest of the season. Tebow to the Bears. <laughs> Although, watch out because that man makes magic happen. I know, but. As a Packers fan, Savannah would be worried. signed until at least, like, next week, so it won't matter to my Eagles. Um, Seahawks and Falcons. God, the Seahawks make winning look so hard. Like, the Falcons are god-awful, and yet they could not put— they, Weren't they up to, like, 24 nothing at one point, or 24-3? Uh, sounds right. Yeah, and they lost. They won 27-20. Oh, by the way, DK Metcalf leads the league in red zone and tar- end zone targets. And I called. He was going to be a good receiver. But you know, Mark Riley can kiss my butt. It's time yeah. for the Falcons to blow it up. They should have traded Julio to Philly. Uh, they should have traded. Not done that. They should have traded Matt Ryan somewhere. He's actually not going to play next week. So. Okay. Should trade Matt Ryan to the Bears. <laughs> no, they should take Danny Eatling and go play for the Bears. <laughs> They're always running for their life anyway. Savannah, what'd you think of Seahawks Falcons? I'm sad the Falcons lost. I know that was my division pick, and I'm really sad about it. <laughs> How did I airmail that so badly? I mean, but I have going that. Seven, so they would have to win out the rest of the season for my picks to be right. Oh no, I had them going eleven and five. So base one of their four losses was five losses was Philly. So I'm just wrong on all accounts. <laughs> um, all right, Panthers at Niners. Jesus, just stop it already. That was just ugly. Like the Niners, I swear to God, are like that kid who like got bullied all summer, then went and lifted weights all, and then came back to school looking for payback. <laughs> they are just taking the, they're beating the snot out of everybody. Like fifty-one thirteen, that's like what like I put up like what we'd put up in a Madden game. Like this, oh my god! I mean, yes, the Niners really haven't played a good team except for in, marginally good, and that would be um, uh, L.A. But Dude, ouch. Wait, didn't they play Seattle too? I don't think so. Oh, no, they didn't play Seattle yet. They put Seattle coming up. Um, Yeah, no, but, like, this, the Niners have just taken every good, like, okay to bad team they've played and just beaten the snot out of them. Savannah? Uh, The Packers played the 49ers week 12. I will be looking forward to watching that game. For <laughs> me too. Because if the Packers get smoked, no, you will no. get a text message from me directly after the game's over with some kind of gif or something, and I guarantee the response will be a middle finger or f off or something in that regard. All right, Kevin, Can I get my sentence. Uh, I don't know. I guess so. I don't have to. It's just are the Niners legit? Like I know people said, oh, they haven't played much. So they bl- they're beating teams convincingly. They yeah. are. Yeah. I'm not crying the best in the NFC, but I really think they are, like, a legit Super Bowl contender. Oh, they definitely are. I think they're legit. I just got to play, like, tougher teams. I'm not dogging their schedule or anything like that, but. I hate admitting this, but, like, the Saints, now they got Breeze back. Like, I don't know how you, how you like, how you beat them. Oh, no, I I still think they're going to the Super Bowl. 
Oh, no, but I, I feel like whoever comes out of the NFC, it's going to just be some team that just, like, gets hot at the end of the season and just smoke and, like, like Savannah, I can see your Packers just because they're like the team of destiny. They play the they play the Chiefs when Mahomes isn't there. They they have Derek Carr fumble the ball out of bounds. They get a lucky like uh f- like hands of the face call from Trey Flowers. The Packers are the team of destiny this year in the NFC, but that kind of can sometimes fade because last year the team of destiny was New Orleans and then they ran into the refs. So basically, I don't know. The, the the Packers could easily go fifteen and one or like fourteen and two and then just like Aaron Rodgers was a pick six on a game supposedly game winning drive in the division round. I don't know. Let's do that. Well, that's just what happens in the NFC playoffs. It's always like remember uh, the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. The night the Rams were the team that was supposed to win it all and then they lost in the first round to the Falcon to the Falcons. So yeah, that happened. Um. Speaking of really crappy interceptions, Browns Patriots. Oh my god, that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. It looked like I saw it looked like Bob Boucher handing the ball to the other the other defender in the water boy. Oh my god, what like Freddie Kitchens may be the worst head coach in NFL history, or like close to it. He's so bad. He doesn't even act like a head coach. He acts like an immature like like high school coach. Like, seriously, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, what's going on is my phone thought I was asking it a question. Basically, it's so bad. Like, he gets in, like, a little spat with Odell Beckham through the media. Like, what are you, 15? Just the the bronzer is so terrible. They're and they're so undisciplined. And the the fact that they were trying – there was even, like, some word they were trying to trade Odell today. You know, uh, it's it's almost comedically hilarious to me because the two teams that were talking the most smack in the offseason, the Browns and Bears, are both absolute garbage fires, and I love it. Uh, the pick wasn't Baker's fault. Oh, I know, but it was still hilarious. And I, I love Baker, but I just love picking up the Browns right now. I mean, I can't believe the Browns are two and five. I mean, I really, I really thought that they were gonna be like a nine and seven team. I mean, I they, mean, they have a, they have a, I didn't mean to interrupt. They have a really easy schedule on the back end. They do. I did realize that. They, I think it was like the second easiest for like the second half of the season, which is still good. But like at this point, okay, they have an easy season. So if they just keep winning, let's just say. Miraculously, they only have one more loss because they got to play the Ravens again or whatever. So if they go like, if they only have six losses and they make the playoffs, they're still going to lose in the first round because they're not the strong team that anyone, like including me, thought that they were going to be. I love how you tiptoed around the Denny Green reference. Um, I just like they needed an offensive lineman today and they didn't trade for one and they can't block anybody and. It's, there's just a lot of things wrong with this. Kevin? My sentence was, it wasn't Baker's fault. None of this oh, is Baker's fault. Oh, that was your fault. sentence? None of this is Baker's fault. Oh, no, I will agree with that. Like, I, I feel horrible for Baker Mayfield and Odell. Not Jarvis Landry, because he did call that they were going to win, so you're an idiot. But 
All right. <sighs> Let's keep going down the list. It's getting funnier and funnier. All right. Texans Raiders. Deshaun Watson got kicked in the head and still threw a touchdown. Like, that just should tell you all you need to know about this kid. Texans are – no J.J. Watt, no problem. They still pulled out this win against a very good Raiders team. It's panic time for the Texans with all these injuries. I mean, they're not winning the they're not winning the Super Bowl, but like they're a, they're a good team. So well, I know, but like oh, depending fuck. on how long Deshaun Watson's out, if the eye injury or whatever it was, it it not even keeps him out, but impacts his play. Like that's a huge concern for this team. Well, did they say he was going to be out? Because I mean, I saw his eye on TV. It was like completely blown up, but he played the rest of the game. He like, played the rest of the game. Yeah, is he going to be out next week? I thought he went out. No, he never went out. He was on the field, but like he like they were talking about today, like he basically led a game like a game clinching drive with like his his left eye or right eye shut. Yeah, that that might hurt your play at quarterback even if he didn't go out. Right. Yeah, like so if that's dude, a lingering issue, this team should be worried. Yeah. All right. Savannah don't like hang up after this, but uh, Packers Chiefs. This should have been a lot worse than it was, and I am not as scared of the Packers defense as I was supposed to be told I was at the beginning of the season. Also, Matt Moore, way to come back from the dead, Kevin. Go Pack, go! I'm all in on the Packers this year. My good buddy. Was a Packers fan, so I am all in on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers getting to the Super Bowl. I like, I like you. I'll, I think I'll keep you. Um. Oh, thanks. <laughs> wish my mom felt the same way. <laughs> oh, shit, I was waiting for it. <laughs> uh, I honestly can agree with you with our defense. Like, we make plays and we, like, bend but don't break type of thing, but they're – I mean, this game shouldn't have been as close as it was with how many starters the Chiefs had out. And, I mean, we were just lucky that Aaron Rodgers can just make, like, the most amazing throws you've ever seen in your entire life of watching football. Or else we would be screwed. Because Aaron Jones, our starting running back, had, like, over 200 total yards, two receiving touchdowns. And our other, like, five starting receivers had, like, them combined had less yards than Aaron Jones did receiving and he's a runner i was gonna say i'm like aaron jones just bawling out constantly he's bailing you guys out every single week it's in i mean aaron Rodgers is playing great but like aaron jones like deserves like a maserati from aaron Rodgers after the season <laughs> i know um maybe was it like uh peter stringer maybe from good morning football said that this could be like his best sidekick he's ever had even though he's had greg jens had jordan nelson like you know so and i agree with him i think that oh, really too. coming out he's killing me in fantasy because i seem to play him every time i need a win even though i went four and oh this week, year, year this week in all my leagues so yeah so still undefeated in the big boy league but all right last one dolphins and steelers god for a minute there was hope i wanted the dolphins to win yesterday My sense is, please don't draft Tua. <laughs> Savannah? I feel bad for the Dolphins. 
I feel bad for the players didn't escape. Or Akeem Talib, who's now there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All righty. Kevin, you got some weird stuff for us? Oh, I do. History lesson? The, not really. Either way, proceed. So, as I mentioned earlier, Alabama and LSU both have a bye week this upcoming weekend. That means that we get two weeks of LSU hate week. Do you guys know how many wins Alabama has in Baton Rouge over the series? Oh, God. Does anyone know this? I might start putting a ban on Alabama propaganda in this segment. This is just weird shit because it. All right. I'll just tell you guys. Alabama has 28 wins at LSU over the course of the series. Do you know how many wins LSU has at LSU over the course of the series? I don't know. Ten. They have 25. Nope. 24. My bad. Yeah, so let's go. Roll Tide, baby. Come on, that's weird. Tell me that's not weird. That, but like, would, Alabama it would, is... It would be weird if you haven't told me that stat before. But I haven't told it on the podcast. I'm going to put an Alabama ban on this segment, Savannah. I think that's a smart idea. Well, I will ignore it. Some more weird Alabama shit. <laughs> Nick Saban had not had a backup quarterback start due to injury his entire time at Alabama until this past weekend against Arkansas. Mac Jones was the first. God. Nick Saban's been there for 12 years. Oh, God. Can we move on, please? There's too much Alabama here. I feel like I need some white barbecue sauce. <laughs> that would make it more Alabama. Yeah, but that's so the only thing from Alabama it. that I actually like. So, all right. <sighs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get you smooth jazz. So... Everyone knows how ticked off I was initially at the trade deadline. I literally tweeted out, well, this sucks. Um, basically, I found out why no teams moved anybody. And it's because the market for 90% of these players was ridiculous. The Jets wanted a second-round pick for Roddy Anderson. Are you kidding me? I think I heard the Lions wanted multiple, uh, the Buccaneers wanted multiple firsts for Mike Evans, or at least a first and a second. Um, Chris Harris was at least a first plus for a 31-year-old corner. That's asinine. Darius Slay, I heard, was a first, but I would actually give that up for Darius Slay because I get three more years of good productivity out of him. Um, AJ Green wasn't even dealt. Even though he's gonna he's gonna either be franchised or walk at the end of the season. Um, Jamal Adams rumors were flowing around. The Jets just shot that down. Um, the Browns needed a, a, a tackle, but you know they didn't want to give up anything big to get an actual tackle from Philly, which is the reason that Vitae is not in a Browns uniform. Um, I could keep going, but basically, oh, in the you know. A second rounder, a first round pick wide receiver who actually is very productive, and a late round pick was not good enough for Patrick Peterson. I can keep going. But basically, ladies and gentlemen, the selling teams need to stop. You're not going to get a Jalen Ramsey Hall for your players. Jalen Ramsey is one of the top five best players in the league total. 
Darius Slay's a top 10 corner. Mike Evans is a top, maybe he's five or six on the wide receiver numbers. AJ Green's like 11 now Cincinnati because he doesn't play anymore because I think he's just depressed from Handy Dalton being his quarterback. Oh, by the way, finally you bench him. Just took him five years. Oh, and the worst of all, the New York Jets. You morons actually thought Roddy White was worth, I mean not Roddy White, Roddy Anderson was worth a second round pick. Are you high? I think you picked him in the fourth round at a temple. He's not even the best receiver on your roster. That's that's why the trade of the outline sucked. It wasn't because teams like Philadelphia and LA and Green Bay and Houston were trying to get guys right in New England. It's because these idiots who were selling were asking for Jalen Ramsey like value for players that weren't even close. That's why I'm mad at the Rams and the Jaguars. You idiots mess up the trade deadline. So thank you for that, morons. That's all I got. Yeah, when I saw Roddy Anderson, they wanted they wanted a second rounder for Roddy Anderson. I was like, wait, what? I would give up a second rounder for like AJ Green <laughs> or like, you know, or, or, you know, Keaton Allen, not freaking Roddy Anderson, who's just basically can run three routes. So that's that's why I was just done. Uh, I th- th- this it was a it was a buyer's market, and then the sellers were like, yeah, we want more than market value, and they sell. That's why no trades got moved because everyone was every every tweet I saw was asking price was absurdly high, asking price was too high, asking price was too high on every tweet I saw today. So I'm like, you know what? This happens every once in a while, but this year it really was bad. So, anything from you guys? No. Alrighty. So, that wraps it up. Oh, by the way, guys, we have one more announcement. So, guess who won the picks last week? Me! Uh, your favorite host won set, had a perfect score. Wait, Wait I didn't have a perfect score. No, you're, uh, yeah, shut up. <laughs> You're a co-host. You're a sidekick. Um, I had seven points because, you know, just it, it, I don't know what it is about picking games in the show. I just, I smoke everyone. Ask Mark how many wins I won by last year. Uh, I left Mark, so. Oh, yeah, Mark sucks at picking games. Um, Savannah, you just had some rookie bad luck. It's, it's fine. You still aim better than Mark does half the time. Um, Kevin, you had five points. Uh, and Savannah, you had three. But you know what, Savannah, a lot of your games were close, though, so I will give you credit on that. Um, for the rules, ladies and gentlemen, every we, there are six games we choose, and there's a seventh. Uh, each host, me, Savannah, and Kevin, are allowed to pick a game either as an upset or a buffer. The upset pick is always worth two. The buffer and regular picks are always worth one. So the maximum uh, points you can get going forward is eight the rest of the season. Everyone this week had a maximum of seven, but Kevin declined his seventh point and Savannah airmailed about three pick three games. Um, so that's how we're going to run the six pack from now on. There's actually going to be a score and we will think of a prize by the end of the season for the winner. I think we might do a, a design tree t-shirt. Like I have like something corny, like I have the best six pack with uh, the corner booth logo on the back or something like that. Or some some kind of corny trophy. We'll figure out something. Um, but that about wraps it up. Uh, Kevin, anything on college football? Got a plug for the your department? Um, 
yes, our game of the week this week. We're still trying to figure that out, but go check the forum regularly, and if you guess the score right of whatever we decide, you could win a free shirt. And also, one of our good friends, Belly Up Zach Mac on Twitter, is going to be at the SMU um, Memphis game this weekend, where game day is going to be. If you find him and tweet a picture with him at Puck Puck Pass Pod on Twitter, KJ said he's going to give you a free shirt. Also, tag Corner Booth in that as well because we're the ones who told you. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, that wraps it up here, guys. Thank you, of course, for joining us for another episode. Oh, by the way, um, one year anniversary show is next week. So we might have a Mark Riley appearance. Maybe Jack O'Hara will stop by. Uh, it'll be a good show. So get ready for that. I'm Jared. That's Savannah. That angry little mother effer is Kevin. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.